Hello, and welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. So as we are giving our tithes and offerings, it's just a reminder that if you have not filled out your stewardship um, estimate of giving card, this helps us tremendously also to plan into the future and to know how um, we can work um, and do ministry uh, with, in conjunction with you as we do that. It's so important that if you can get that information to us, um, you can drop those off in the basket or in the, the offering basket, but there's baskets at the doors as well. And then as Sean was talking about the connection, and by the way, if you don't know, I'm pastor of Connect Ministries, so this is my Sunday. So we talked about the Connect cards. <laughs> and we also have a connection opportunity form. You may have received one of these in the mail. I knew when we mailed them out that the chances, because I'm speaking of myself, that if I received this in the mail, would fill it out and actually remember to bring it to church were very small. So we have these forms available here for you. You can just pick one up. Um, there's just an opportunity and a way through the stewardship campaign that we want to recognize that we give, obviously financially, but when we join the church, when we become a part of this body, we also do it through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We want you to be connected to something in addition to worship on Sunday morning. We'd like for every person to have at least one thing that they're connected to in addition to worship. And so these are just a list of different ministries. It is by no means a complete list of ministries at our church and ways to get involved. It is really just about starting a conversation. Someone from the church staff or someone from a ministry area will give you a call if you um, check a box. You are not committing to being a part of this ministry for the next 10 years or through the end of your life. Um, you don't have to give a child, you know, um, as collateral, anything like that. Um, what we want to do is start a conversation. We want to um, be able to open that door and help you find a place and a way to get connected that helps you to grow and thrive in your faith, in your prayers, in your um, study, in your fellowship, whatever that connection point is. Um, and so this is intended to start that conversation. Someone may call you and you may start talking to them and it may turn out that they may think, oh wait, you know what, I know about this other ministry and they really need this gift that you have right now. And so it's a great way to just get that conversation started. Started. As we are transitioning into the sermon and looking at that, this week we're going to be talking a lot about uh, family. We're starting this new um, Advent series. And Advent, as you may or may not know, is actually the first Sunday of the Christian calendar. So this is Happy New Year to everyone. And so it's the beginning of our Christian New Year. One of the significant things about having a Christian calendar and why we have a separate Christian calendar from the regular calendar is because we are called to be a separate people. We are called to operate in God's timing and in God's way, in anticipation of God, in remembrance of God, and in ways of remembering Him and responding to Him. And so we have this separate Christian calendar that helps do that. It guides us through that. We anticipate the coming of Christ in Advent. We celebrate it on Christmas, and then we proclaim it in Epiphany. So you can start to see these motions through our calendar, and they're there to help us orient ourselves around what God has done to save the world. It helps us to orient our way through time and around God's purposes, and ultimately 
This calendar is meant to reshape us. And so when we started talking about doing this um, root series and the connection with the book and the devotional book, it just sounded like a wonderful thing that we needed to do to come together as a church family, to all be going through the same series together, to be doing a devotional together. And so as we go through this, that's what we're going to be celebrating and being a part of. Uh, by the way, if you don't, don't have any money today, just go ahead and pick up a book. It starts on December 1st. It's okay. There are uh, books in the, um, in the Welcome Center. It's a great resource as a family. It's very easy to take it, take the daily devotional, read it or do it with your kids, and reword the question to something very simple that you can talk about as a family. So it's a wonderful, wonderful resource for everyone. It's also a great thing to kind of come into. We're in that weird time now. We just finished Thanksgiving, and now we're coming into Advent. Um, so we're talking, had this time with family, and then we're going to dig into this story, this series that is all about the family tree of Jesus, that's all about his roots and where he comes from. Like I said, as we're coming into this time off of Thanksgiving, what better time to do a sermon about family? Um, and about quirky families, and families who have problems, and families who um, have issues. Uh, because as we start to look at Jesus's family tree, we're going to see that today. The scripture for today in Isaiah 11, 1, or 1 through 3, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So this is the branch of Jesse. This is what we're talking about. They have the Jesse tree, which we're going to have up on the screen for you. This has been around since probably a couple hundred years after the, the birth and life of Christ. And you can see it in all types of artwork. Um, you'll see it in stained glass later on. You'll see it in artwork. And what it is, it's the telling of the Jesse tree, of Jesus' family history, of his family story told through the Jesse tree, through the stump, and out of it which Jesus came. And so this was done when people were primarily illiterate. It was in churches and, and different places, and it was used to walk people through so that they could know and understand the story of Jesus and who he was. We're going to look at that today. We're going to look at family. We're going to look at our family. We're going to look at Jesus' family. Because family can be tricky to navigate. And we're going to explore today the idea that God can work in all circumstances. Family is a crazy, crazy conglomeration of people. I thought about telling a story from my Thanksgiving uh, weekend um, this week but I'm not entirely sure which family members are watching this morning and just decided not to do that. So <laughs> I'm sure we can all collectively recall an awkward moment, a moment that made us mad, a moment that revealed something about someone else, a moment that revealed something about us that we're not proud of. We all have those moments because when we get together all underneath one roof, we get to experience a lot of each other. <laughs> And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and we're going to look at Jesus' roots as well. We're going to look at this family story of Jesus, because he does. He comes to us from a people. 
Jesus comes to us from a place and he comes to us from a story. The Jesse tree starts from creation. It tells us the story of Jesus. It's a historic way of getting to know who Jesus is. Coming off of Thanksgiving, it can be kind of hard to imagine, and I'm sure you're probably thinking, how the heck does my story relate to Jesus' family story? Because I'm not thinking I can probably see any parallels there. But let me tell you, this is one dysfunctional family tree right there. It's got a lot of dysfunction going on. But the common denominator between your family story, between your story, and between Jesus' story is redemption. We all come from a people, a place, or a story. And a part of Thanksgiving is sitting around telling those stories. It's a part of the time that we spend together. My daughter frequently complains that we tell the same stories over and over again. I'm like, no, that's okay. That's a part of who we are, and it helps to form us as a family, and it helps us to remember the important things. It's our story, and we get together and we talk, and we catch up on the previous year, and we find out what's going on in each other's lives. It's what draws us back together. Those stories from our past and those stories from the, the present as well. One of the traditions we do in our family is we still continue to make a particular cake that my grandmother made. She passed away over 20 years ago now, um, but she was well-known for her cooking and well-known for her pound, lemon pound cake. And she makes it with a lot of butter, the kind of butter that when it cooks, it all comes up and makes that crust on top of the, on top of the cake. It's amazing. And it tastes good, and it's one of the things that we love to, to do every year. My cousin brings one every year for Christmas, or for Thanksgiving. But what it recalls in my mind isn't just the taste of that pound cake. What it recalls in my mind and brings back to my memory is sitting in my grandmother's kitchen. It's sitting there talking with her, or my cousins and I all sitting around that table together and eating that cake together while we talked with her, while we spent time with her. It becomes a part of your story, a part of the way that you remember. And those stories are really important parts of who we are. But, newsflash, there are no perfect families. But the good news is that everything, everything is used and redeemed in the kingdom. Nothing is wasted or lost. Now, this does not mean that abuse or addiction or mental illness or loss or illness is God's will or comes from God. What it means is that God redeems all of it and uses it for his glory. That's what he did in the story of Jesus. He redeemed all of it for his glory. And the good news is that wherever there is chaos or emptiness or darkness, there's God, hovering, waiting, making ordinary raw materials into extraordinary things. And that should sound familiar. That's the beginning of Genesis. That's where it all began. That's what God did in the beginning, and he is the same eternal God who is and was and is to come. He is still hovering and waiting and creating new life in all of us. He has never stopped. So we're talking about Genesis and creation, 
And then as we move into Jesus' family tree, we have Adam and Eve. We know how that ended. Then we have Cain and Abel. Here we are, second generation on earth, and already we've got a murder in the family. Um, we've got Abraham and Sarah who doubted God, who did um, scorned um, uh, Hagar and um, Ishmael and basically tried to kill them. We have Jacob and Esau. Jacob was a master manipulator. He stole his brother's uh, birthright. Joseph and his brothers, they sold him into slavery. Then they lied to their father about what had happened to him. That's just a portion of Genesis. That's just a part of the first chapter in the Bible. It's not even all of it. And so the Old Testament is filled with all these ways that God has worked through these individuals and families that were the definition of dysfunctional. Their actions were not the will of God, but God redeemed every bit of it for his kingdom and his glory. And so we make it through this family tree. We see where Jesus comes from. And then we land in Matthew in the New Testament. And Matthew starts out with a genealogy. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. Now, I only had about three people that were honest in the last um, in the last service. Raise your hand if you have ever just kind of either breezed through the genealogy or even just skipped it entirely. <laughs> Much more honest crowd this time. <laughs> we tend to just look at that and just see that. Like, oh, it must be something cultural. It must be something that they just did in their literary techniques. But it's not. This, this genealogy is the story of Jesus. It's the story of who he is, and it's the reason why he came. It explains how he is fully human and fully God. It's easy to breeze over this, but this is how God worked through Abraham. It's how God worked through covenant. It's how God worked through kings and prophets, all of which the purpose was to redeem his people. And Isaiah, the verse that we read, it says, A shoot will come up and bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. That's Jesus. And then we see in Matthew a summary of this history and the beginning of the birth story of Jesus. Right now at the church, with the church staff, we have um, various spouses or people on staff who are pregnant. We have three babies coming in this upcoming year. And so it's a lot of fun, and we're excited about that. So we're starting to hear more baby talk around the office. And um, the other day, we were having this discussion about whether or not, um, well, let me say, my oldest, super active when he was in there, like did flips constantly, came out in a hurry and has never slowed down. Like that is just, seems to be his speed that he operates at. And I wonder sometimes, because we started to question is how a baby is in utero a clue or an indicator of how they are once they're born? Is their personality already 
kind of forming in there, and is it indicative of how they kind of come into the world? And so I started to think about that, and I started to wonder, did my son's personality kind of form in there, and then this, the whole way he was birthed and how he came, came out in such a hurry, was that just a part of who he is? Or has he heard us tell that story, and has that story become a part of who he is? Has it formed who he is? And I think that that is important to look at, that these stories help to shape us as well. They're God's stories, and they're the way that God has interacted in this, but then they shape us as well. And the Bible wants to convey that Jesus entered the world through a very human way. That's why we have this genealogy. That's why we have that account in here. Because remember, we said Jesus came to us from someone. He came to us from his people. He came to us from Israel. He came to us from some place, from somewhere. He came to us from a land and a terrain and a town in first century Palestine that really existed. And he came to us from something. A covenant story of his people, a dramatic story in a relationship with the God of the universe who was his father. So what we learn through this genealogy is that Jesus is fully God and fully human. And this is what makes the redemption story possible. It's not possible if Jesus is not fully God and fully human. Just as Jesus came to redeem Israel, his family, he came to redeem the world. And he came to redeem us and our families as well. Once Jesus is a part of your life, once you have chosen to follow him and accepted him as your savior, now you are a branch from that root as well. You are attached to the vine. You are grafted onto that Jesse tree. Ephesians 1.5, and I included the um, uh, NLT version of this because I really like how it's, what it says at the end. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. The God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who gave us life, adopts us into his own family through Jesus Christ, and it gives him great pleasure. Just sit with that for a moment. It gives him great pleasure to call you his child and for you to call him father. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to graft us into his family tree to make us a part of it through him. 
We call God, Abba, Father. He calls us his children, co-heirs with Christ. Think on that. Think about what that means. Think about the incredible love and grace that that demonstrates. And so how do we live this out together? What does that mean for us? As we begin to see God at work in this family story that we were talking about earlier in that that family tree of Jesus, we can also see him powerfully and faithfully at work in our own lives, in our own stories. So what if during this season of Advent we make room and we allow God to work in our hearts and lives so that instead of seeing brokenness and failure, we see the fullness of God's miraculous work to bring us and others to himself. We, families, we come together around special events. We mark them and we celebrate them to reorient our family life around important themes and values. We gather and we reorient ourselves to family and traditions. We tell our stories. We practice traditions that we do together so that we can remember. We can remember God's faithfulness and God's intent. Advent is a time of gathering for the family of God around the persons and event of Jesus coming. We tell the stories and the traditions to help us remember, just like the Jesse tree helped the people to understand where they had come from. But in the center of that tree is Jesus. Because he intervened, he stepped into our story, he stepped into a big family mess, and he redeemed it. When we look at Jesus' family history, we see a God who redeems. Jesus came to intervene in our mess. He came to intervene in our injustice, our idolatry, our confusion, our hatred, our self-serving nature. He came to address the problem from the inside, from our heart. And that is done in and through Jesus Christ. Genesis is this book of beginnings. It's the beginning of the universe, of humankind, of relationships, of families, and a people of God. We trace all that just through that first book in Genesis. And we're introduced to a God who has no beginning and no end. And then in Matthew, all of that Old Testament is summarized. And Jesus Christ himself incarnate, the great intervention in humanity is introduced into that family line. And everything changes. It's God's continued work in creation to restore it to himself and restore his image bearers, to restore us to communion with himself and for us to go about the business of redemptive work as well. We remember how God works to redeem all things, including us, including our story, and to reconcile it with him. And Advent is a season where we remember the hope, love, joy, and peace that is available to us through Jesus, who came to earth to live among us, to die on the cross for our sins and then be resurrected so that we could experience new life through him. 
It's a season of anticipation and preparing our hearts to make room for him in our story. Because our story changes dramatically when Jesus enters the story. We can see in that genealogy, we can see the ways that God has intervened and worked to redeem that story, to pave the way for Christ's arrival. And through his arrival, we can see the way he continues to redeem other stories, all of our stories, so that we can be reconciled with him, so that we can experience new life in him. And so as we come to this time of communion, that's what families do, right? They eat together. And so that is one of the ways that we celebrate that as a family, as Christ's children, as his heirs. And whether you fully understand and have come to accept that, or if you're still trying to figure out that, what that means, you are welcome at the table. This is an open table. And it's for all those who are trying to seek God, more of God, and to understand him better. So as we enter into this time of, of communion, and we talk about the ways in which Jesus intervened, and ultimately what he did to intervene and to redeem us. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke the bread, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.